Okay, ladies, I'm talking to you right now. Are you feeling any kind of change in your body that comes with perimenopause or menopause? It can be a time of transition, but Happy Mammoth understands the journey and is here to make it easier for you. They've crafted Hormone Harmony with a deep commitment to using science-backed ingredients that work specifically for women, ensuring no compromise on quality. Look, I know what it's like to have those hot flashes to where you just want to rip off your clothes, crying at commercials, fuzzy headedness, low libido, the list goes on. But picture this, waking up refreshed, feeling balanced, and ready to tackle the day. That's the experience Hormone Harmony aims to deliver. Happy Mammoth's dedication to women's well-being shines through in every aspect, from their ingredients to their results. Hormone Harmony incorporates scientifically supported herbal extracts known as adaptogens. The remarkable aspect of adaptogens is their ability to assist the body in adapting to various stressors, such as natural hormonal fluctuations that occur during a woman's life's journey. And here's something very exciting. For a limited time, you can enjoy a fantastic 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ICEBABY at checkout. That's happymammoth.com code ICEBABY for 15% off today. Take charge of your changing journey with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Visit happymammoth.com now and use the code ICEBABY for 15% off. Embrace this stage of your life with confidence and comfort. Welcome to Chillin' with Ice with me, Lori Fetrick, or most of you know me as Ice from the American Gladiators. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we're going to dive in and go behind the scenes on the number one hit iconic show of the 90s. It's time to get up close and personal on what drove us to be gladiators, what challenges we faced, and how we overcame to reach all of our goals. I know in this first season, inquiring minds want to know, was there drama, fights, hookups? Are we all still friends? What did we do in our personal lives and how are we staying in such good shape years later? Well, stay right here and let's get into Chillin' with Ice. Before we dive into our incredible episode today, I want to let you know that this is a self-funded podcast and I would love your support. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can donate to my Patreon page and that would make all the difference in the world. For the small donation, you will get back so much in rewards, like you can watch all of my podcasts on video. I will have exclusive content like behind the scenes footage, a private Facebook group where you can interact with me directly and other VIP fans, a monthly Q&A, direct shout outs and follows from me to you on your social media and so much more. Find me on Patreon at Chillin' With Ice or click the link in the show notes now. Okay, let's dive in. Welcome back to Chillin' with Ice. I am very excited today. I've got somebody in the studio. I mean, he's sitting right here. You can't miss this gentleman. I've worked with him for years, and I have tried to get him in here for the last couple months, but he's extremely busy. This is Red Williams, a.k.a. Saber, and we have some stories, and we have some fun stuff to talk about, and we're going to get a million views on this <laughs> video. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to start with a little bit of backstory and during and after. And you know what? To me, Red, this is like an hour of just permission to talk about gladiators, to have fun. Well, 
I want to say to TV land and stream land out there, when you see me yelling and hollering, <laughs> Lori and I love each other. We're real sisters and brothers, so don't worry about it. She's, she beats me up and abuses me off camera, but I love it. I do not. That's absolutely true. <laughs> I might my, punch him my in the chest. My wife told me to I tell you what's up. I might punch you in the chest once in a while, but it, it was so like the big conga drums. I mean, <laughs> that was the fun part All about right, it, right? Down. I'll take that. I'll receive that. <laughs> Red, let's go. Well, let's go with a little bit of backstory. And I mean, I know your backstory is really long, so if we, which it we is. could talk about for hours. But give us a little brief backstory of where you came from before Gladiators. I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. We moved to California when I was six years old. We moved to South Central, down the street from Fremont High School, 79th Street. We moved to another neighborhood that became a blood neighborhood. When we left Omaha, my mom was leaving my dad. He came back to get us all back together again, but they ended up divorcing in 1973. And when they divorced, we had a party with a cake and everything. Yeah. Wow. So my mom's was my motivator. She was my, my pep up person. She was it. She died at the age of 46 years old, breast cancer. Mm. I was devastated. I continued to try to make her dreams come true and my dreams. Pro football was the dream, even though I was probably better in baseball. Got drafted by the Rams, came back to Los Angeles. Can I ask one question real quick? Yes, yes. What position did you play in football? I was a running back. I was a running back. I was pretty fast. When I was a kid, before my mom's passed, like 1974, I won three trophies at the Jesse Owens track meet. You know, that was a big thing. I was third in Southern California in the 60-yard dash and the softball throw. Yeah. And the four by 100 relay. So I was pretty fast. What about baseball? What position? Baseball, I played every position, but my biggest accomplishment came when I was playing catcher. I led the league in home runs and I was the leader of the team. Oh my God, here, high five because I was high catcher five. as well. Did All right. Yes, ma'am. We had I, arms. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Check this out. This is a story about my mom's real quick. I was always the best athlete in school, elementary school. Mm -hmm. And when I went to junior high school, you know, that's a bunch of different elementary schools at one junior high school. And I told my mother, I said, moms, I don't think I'm going to be the best at this school. And she said, why not? I said, because at first it was just my school, Ambler Elementary School, but now it's going to be a bunch of different elementary schools. And she simplified it. She said, if you're the best in the sixth grade, how come you can't be the best in the seventh grade? I'm like, whoa. I like that. So she she had me ready. I could have been the first black she president. She pushed you. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She really did. Nice. Junior college, because after my mom's got cancer when I was in high school, I, I ditched school. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we all did. Hanging out <laughs> with, 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 with some of the wrong guys. And then I started gambling because I didn't have lunch money. And, you know, when you gamble, that puts you in a tougher circle. Mm -hmm. You know, and before you know it, I'm slap boxing for money. I'm doing roughhouse stuff now. Mm -hmm. And I only played four games of high school football my whole career because distractions. Yeah. But I had 26 scholarship offers after only four games. But I didn't have the grades, so I had to go to junior college. Went to Pasadena City College. Uh, set the national. I, I'll go back to that because we're going to talk about some stuff. I'm surprised that we didn't see each other there because I went to Pasadena City College for one, one semester. One semester. Can you imagine? We could have passed each other in the corridor. We could have. We could have. Yeah. When, when, were you, when were you there? I know you don't want to say the, the year because, oh. you know, you, you I, look yeah. so much younger than I do. <laughs> but I went to PCC and then Kansas yeah. University. 
I wanted to go to Nebraska, but they wanted me to red shirt and I didn't want a red shirt. You know, yeah. my mom's was getting sicker and I wanted to make it to the league yeah. before she passed away. And I didn't do it. She passed away before I made it to the league. Mm. And then football, Rams wanted to put me on injury reserve. My agents told me if I asked for a release, they could get me on a roster that season. Mm -hmm. I ended up not getting on a roster that season, but I signed with the Raiders the next year, tore my groin, missed the season. But that was cool because it was the strike season. And so that allowed me to get paid for 90% of the season without having to be a scab. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, San Diego Chargers, I'm first string running back. I'm going to be the superstar that I always knew I would be. And I broke two bones in my back and that ended my career. So how did you play gladiators then with two broken bones in your back? I did I, not know I that. Healed. I, I, I healed, you know, it took a while, but I, I healed tra two transverse processes. I healed. And at the time the gladiators came about, oh my goodness, that was a Yah send. The creator of the heaven and earth sent a blessing for me because I was getting ready to go down a whole completely different path. Where were you going? I was plotting to rob an armored car with no weapons. I was going to do it with no <laughs> weapons so nobody got killed. But yeah, I was I think I was we've gonna, all thought about was, those no, like think about it. I, I had the schedule mapped out and everything. <laughs> so it was going to be something else. That's okay. So how did Gladiators find you or how did you find Gladiators? My wife watched the show and you know my wife. Yes. She told me to tell you hi and she loves you. And Thank the, you. She called me one day and said she heard on the radio they were having tryouts for gladiators. She said, it's tomorrow. And you're like, what's that? I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I, I got in line and the line was already wrapped around the building. It was wrapped around the building so far that I was actually by a phone booth on the street and I called her and I said, the, the line is wrapped around the block. And she said, well, that's okay, you can come home. And it gave me a release, yeah. you know, so I could have come home and it took the pressure off of me. And I said, no, nah, I'm gonna see what it is. And it was perfect for me. Look, mm -hmm. the first event was a 40-yard dash. I'm a football player and I'm Easy. fast. Oh, yep. That's no problem. Then we had to do fingertip push-ups. How many fingertip push-ups can you do in 60 seconds? I'm like, okay, I can do that. I'm going to do 50 push-ups for you before I leave. Okay. So I'm doing the push-ups. My thumb pops out of place and I pop it back in place and I keep doing it. And the guy's looking at me like, this dude. So, and they're counting out the numbers. They had groups of five. How many? 36, 38. 32, 33, 55, and they're like 55. But I was only about 225 pounds. Mm -hmm. And it was a bunch of big monsters there. Yeah. From there, we had to do a rope climb. They said, climb up and touch the black. And when you touch the black, you know, make it to the ground. You got 15 seconds to do that. Damn. So the ceiling in the studio was black. So I thought we had to climb all the way up to the ceiling. And I said, once I touch the ceiling, can I free fall? They said, not the, not the ceiling, the little <laughs> tape on the rope. And it was only about maybe 15 feet. Some people can't pull their body weight up. I guess not. Huh? Yeah. And I said, well, can I jump and touch it? <laughs> so they laughing, but it's like Brian Gadinsky and, yes. and producers. They're yeah. like, hey, this guy's got a sense of humor. You know, yeah. this kind of stuff. So I did the rope climb and then we did a, a joust. Oh. It was me against a, a motorcycle biker kind of guy. He was 245 pounds. And the cameraman said, 245 against 225, this should be interesting. And I said, I'm going to bust this dude up. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a beating bad. And homeboy said, I don't know. I said, you don't believe? So I, I, I did him bad. Then we went to Powerball one-on-one, -on -one, and I sent him to the hospital. And after that, they said, go to the interview. I said, okay, I'll yep. go to the interview. And they called me back about 
two weeks later. Mm -hmm. And that same day that they called me back to come to the Coliseum, I was in a $50,000 bench press tournament. We, we paid $100 to enter. It's in weight classes. Mm -hmm. And first prize, second prize, third prize in each division, plus they had a pound-for-pound pound bonus prize of like five or $6,000. So I'm, uh, this is a good hustle. Yeah. My wife would be happy if I can bring home ten dollars or $12,000. Oh, right? yeah. The dude never paid anybody. It was like what? a yeah, it was like a ripoff. Big I old guess. scam. Yes, it was. Aww. So I went to the Coliseum after the. I, I was able to do one lift. I went to the Coliseum afterwards. Now all my life, I wanted to play in the Coliseum in front of my moms and thousands of people. And this mm -hmm. is an empty Coliseum. So it was like the creator said, "I'll give you your dreams, but I'm gonna give it to you my way, not your way." Mm -hmm. And and I, I've adopted that. Like I pray to Yahweh, mm -hmm. and I say it's not my way; it's Yah's way. So. Mm -hmm. I did it in an empty Coliseum. Michael Hearn was one of the guys that they called back and another guy. It was three of us. And I got off. This episode's actually sponsored by IcedT-shirts.com. And you can get your OG gladiator hat. You can get your OG t-shirt. You can get chilling with ice hats, chilling with ice t-shirts. I have all kinds of fun stuff on it. So go to IcedT-shirts.com today. How'd you get your name? I don't even know how you when got When I was on Saber. tour, I was Panther on tour. Okay. And then when they said, we want you to do the TV show, but you cannot be Panther. It's too controversial. Why? Panther, oh. black dude, Panther. <laughs> so but look, ridiculous. with my little angel kisses, it would have went good. Exactly. Panther would have been a good name. Yeah. But they said, once you go on TV, you cannot have the name Panther. I said, I'll write a letter saying I chose that name. And it was like, no, that's it. If you want to do the show, right. your, came, your name cannot be Panther. I said, okay. They said, what about Cobra? I said, nah, because it had a C, and I was from a blood neighborhood oh, with yeah. a B. So yeah. every time you see Cobra, they would have X'd it out yeah. from my neighborhood. So it couldn't be Cobra. And I said, they said, what about Saber? I said, all right. They said, you want S-A-B-E-R or S-A-B-R-E? I said, give me S-A-B-R-E, because it's Sabre. Yeah. But I should have put E-R, because, you know, some of the cats can't read, and they were like, oh. Sabre, Sa Sabri. <laughs> so, you know, so that's how I got to be Sabre. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I hear you. Some of them can't pronounce names. They can't write it or that's anything right, like that. That's so right. Just, that's right. Well, how many times have you been out signing autographs? And they go, you go, okay, so what's your name? And they'll say something like, I don't know, Todd. And you just go to normal, spell the name Todd, and they go, they get a little angry there. That's not the way you spell it. <laughs> Wait a minute. And yep. if it's if it's unusual, you should have told me firsthand. You should have told me first. Yes. Todd with an O A. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's really told yeah. technically, you know. But okay, Todd. Exactly. Oh my goodness. So let me ask you this: When it comes down to the tour, you did that. First, before the Gladiator show. Yes, I did. What was your first impression of all the Gladiators when you came on tour and then the very first time you came out of the doors and like, you know, 5,000 people were there screaming your name? Well, before I joined the tour, they sent me to a show you guys did at Pauley Pavilion. And, yeah, in Westwood, um, okay. the, where the UCLA Bruins play. And so my wife and my kids, we went to that show. And I'm like, whoa, look at this. I'm going to be a part of this. Yes. You know what I mean? And it was sold out. Yes. And uh, when I first came out for the first show, I just felt, I felt relieved. I felt relieved. Like I said, I 
my whole life was geared to play pro football. Mm -hmm. It was. And I was good in football. Never had the consistency in terms of staying healthy once I got in there. But I was going to play eight to ten years of pro football, rush for 2,000 yards a couple times, go to the Hall of Fame, become a sportscaster. You know, you got that yeah, lifestyle absolutely. mapped out. And Gladiators gave me a, a new lease on life. Hallelujah. It did. It gave yeah, me a new, new lease on life. Yeah. And so coming out to the, to the fandom and nobody knew who I was. I was a grunt. Yeah. I was a grunt gladiator that did all the hard work. I used to have to run into the locker room at halftime and put my arms in buckets of ice because I had to do all this hard work. I literally fought every night, six nights a week. Yeah. I gave the, the Geminis and the Nitros a break. They didn't have to do power balls and, and, and joust every night. That's exactly why they brought you on, if you think oh, about it. They, they said that even. They said, we're getting beat up. We yeah. need more gladiators. Help us with some relief. And it was, it, was, it was hard, but it was like, I can't say that. But it was, it, was, it was rough. It was a rough way to take care of my family. But did your body ever start coming accustomed to it? I mean, you know how, like, if you do something over and over and over again, you kind of, like, all of a sudden your body adjusts I think, after a while? I think that they gave me a two-week trial. They told me they would keep me on tour. Do you remember Phil Poteet? Yes. Atlas? Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> so it was between Phil and I. Because they said they were going to keep one of us. Uh -huh. And they're going to give me a two-week trial. Okay. And after the two weeks, they would tell me whether or not they were going to keep me. So it was rough. I was excited every night. Let me tell you this little story. And this is a true story. Okay. You guys already had something going on. You had an apparatus and you had a way of doing things. And I had to fit in with that. Right. If I bet on a gladiator and they did bets backstage, if I bet on you, Lori, and you lost, I have to pay five to one. The person that bet on the contender wins five to one. So if I bet $100 and you lose, I have to pay $500 to the person that picked the gladiator. That was the deal. This was all going on backstage? Yeah, yeah. This, I, was, this was, uh, It wasn't even the girls weren't even no, involved but this, in this. No, this but is, this is what we were. Okay. So I bet on a contender. The okay. contender beats the gladiator. The gladiator guy was supposed to pay me $500 mm -hmm. or pay me five to one. Right. If it was $20, it was $100, whatever it was. Right. Now, you guys were making a lot of money on tour. We were making five grand a week. Yeah, but they said that some of you were making 10 grand a week. That must have been Nitro and Gemini. Okay, you're making <laughs> $10,000 a week. Right. So I bet this money with Nitro, and he gives me straight up the money, 100 for 100. I said, nah, man, you owe me five to one. He said, you're a newbie. You don't know nothing about that. I said, hey, man, you better give me my money. I was ready to take his head off for the money. And it wasn't over bullying. It was, I knew what the rule was. Yeah. I wouldn't have bet you no $100 straight up and giving you the gladiator and I take the contender. What's the, what's the win in that? Yeah. So Gemini steps in and say, hey man, stop, Red. I said, hey man, he owes me money. Yeah. He said, what you gonna do, beat the guy up? I said, absolutely, I'm gonna beat him up. <laughs> and he said, no nah, man, this is a different life now. Yeah. You can't do that no more. So from that moment on, I respected Gemini, but I did not respect Nitro anymore after that. I get you. No more. And he made more money than everybody. Yep. And you're going to take advantage of me like that? Mm -mm. Mm. I see you. I see you. 
So now that that sparks the I'm just going to go there. And that is that sparks why you you chose not to do Netflix. Absolutely. OK, absolutely. And then my girl, because Lori, I have, I have, my girl, Lori Ice, my girl, she calls me and she was already signed up for Netflix. She didn't call me before to say, Red, this is what I'm thinking about doing. She called me afterwards after she had signed. And I'm, I felt hurt. I felt I felt really hurt like we weren't special anymore no we were and me and you traveled special. all the time together i know we did everything to get, me and Lori, me and ice did everything together yeah everything together when i say everything together we did personal appearances around the world yeah and Lori and i would be together because according to bender goldman helper we were the most popular <laughs> oh my god i forgot male that name. and female gladiator I correct that isn't that yep. what they said they yep. introduced us as the most popular male and female so we did a lot of work together England so, was fun. Yeah, England was England fun. England was fun. England was fun. England was so fun that I would go to England every year and I would literally have an, I had an, a flat there. I had a flat in Walford. A flat? I had a flat when in you said flat, I was I like, what car were you driving? What do you mean flat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember one time we were backstage and one of the British gladiators said, whew, I'm naked and need a fag. I said, whoa, what did you say? You can't say that. What's wrong with you? That means you 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 ain't got no clothes on and you need a homosexual. Yeah. She said, no, naked is tired yeah. and fag is it's a cigarette. A so she was saying, I'm tired and need a cigarette. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought I was going to have to defend some people in here. You know what I mean? Watch your mouth. Remember how we walked in their locker room and it was like walking into a bar? They were all smoking <laughs> yeah. backstage. Yes. Oh, my like, goodness. That was so this? funny. What a, what a, what a culture okay, shock that I remember was. one thing. What? And we were, when we walked into a restaurant, and I can't say this, but you can. We walked into a restaurant. Another gentleman opened the door for you and said, here you go, my my nigga. Yes. And you looked at me and you, you jumped back and you were like, what did you just call me? And I was like, oh, my God. Yes, sir. He's going to take his head off. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know? And he was like, no, dude, that was just a term of endearment. Kind of like, and you were just like, well, that's not the way it works that's in right. the United that, States. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you, you can't call me that. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. In September 91, we, we touched on that in the gladiators. My nephew got killed by the West Covina SWAT team. He got murdered, shot in his bed 29 times in the back, and nobody went to jail for it. From that moment, I started drinking when I got the call at 3 o'clock mm. that morning. And I drank the whole day, the whole day. You know, I went with the family, but I'm just drinking the whole day. Never got a buzz. But the next morning, I had the worst hangover ever. Oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. And I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not drinking anymore. I haven't had a drink since 1991. That's 32 years now. And I wasn't, I didn't have a problem, but I drank. You know, yeah, we all get together yeah. and we drink and beers yeah. on tour. I never yeah. drank. I, I quit drinking. And, uh, but I had a conscious thought right there. I said, from now on, I'm going to live completely black. That means acknowledging my blackness at all times. Mm -hmm. So when people see me, I want them to say, look at that strong black dude right there. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to drink anymore because I didn't want the police to say he was drunk and out of control and we had to shoot him. Oh, so when the guy said that, it was like, oh, man, that's a test. Yeah. Am I so, am I so big time now that I'm not going to be who I am yeah. or am I going to stay who I am? And I'm going to stay who I am. And that's what it was. And so I had just stopped answering to that, that yeah. word. Yeah. That was, that, 
I get people from my past right now. They ain't seen me wrong. My nigga, I seen you. How you doing, my nigga? And I'm like, my man, I ain't that no more. Oh, nigga, you done changed. Hey, my man, be cool. I'm, I'm just not that no more. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I was given the title Shaliak, which is one who was sent, which is kind of like apostle or disciple. And then I graduated and became Rabiyah. That mm -hmm. was the name that they gave me. Rabbi Yah, Rabbi teacher of Yahweh. So that's what I am now. I teach. That is so cool. Time. Yeah. So when I went on tour, they gave me a two week trial. I okay. tripped on this. Now remember, I'm going through this, this spiritual metamorphosis, so right. all kind of stuff going through me. My, my, my relative got killed and I was with him just before he passed away. He had actually changed and I saw the change in him, but he got killed anyway. I went on tour for two weeks. They let me come home for three days. Okay. Do you know that the three days I came home, the riots broke out? I that, remember those. Yeah, but that was spectacular. It was yeah. wonderful. It was, it was, you know, on TV, it was like something horrible, but it was, it was something else. It was, it was mm -hmm. a spiritual connection of a bunch of people who didn't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were able to get some type of camaraderie going, even though it didn't last. Right. We had something going, Crips and Bloods together. And that was a scary proposition for the powers that be because they oh, never yeah. want us to to unite and be no. positive ever even to this to this even, day that's right they don't they don't want anything anybody to unite they pit us against each other and split us apart absolutely and it's even with so the republicans wrong. and democrats right that's 100 also 100 percent. and believe it or not it's it's interesting and i won't we won't go there too far but i watched the video one time and, and this one woman explained the whole thing and it was just simply amazing to me and who knows i could get canceled for this i don't really care but I was told there's two companies in the world that run the world, that run the world, BlackRock and Vanguard. Vanguard and BlackRock. Well, funny enough, Blackguard, Black, wait, BlackRock and Vanguard own everything. They own Pepsi. They own Coke. They own Apple. They own Android. They own the Republicans. They own the Democrats. So how do they make money? They pit us against each other. And, and they give a resemblance of freedom, right? Mm -hmm. So Americans, I mean, humans, we're born with volition, which is the will and the desire to choose. That's what makes us different than animals. Mm -hmm. We have a desire to choose and we have to have a choice. And if everything was done with some type of modicum of fairness, I'm cool with it. Mm -hmm. As long as it can be fair. But when you get certain groups of people picking on other groups of people constantly, I don't like that. So. No, it doesn't work. So let me ask you this. What ended up on the cutting room floor on your documentary that you wish they would have kept? That I said that I never, ever, ever did steroids. Okay. You know, when, when they did steroids, let me, let me go on the record. I'm going on record with you guys, with you first. Yeah. So this is worth a million views. When I was in the 10th grade, I bench pressed 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. When I left in the 12th grade, I set the Marine League bench press record at 400 pounds. When I went to junior college, I set the National Junior College bench press record. I weighed 195 pounds and I bench pressed 465 pounds. When I was at Kansas University, I did 477 pounds. You were just naturally strong. So what I'm saying is, yes, yes. you know, I saw a Hercules movie when I was young, uh -huh. Hercules versus Samson, and I wanted to be Hercules. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about being big. I just wanted to be strong. Yeah. I wanted to be strong and I wanted to make my mom proud. That mm -hmm. was it. You know, my dad was... What can I say if I was going to be honest that he might hear it and I don't want to hurt his feelings, but I got to be honest. Mm -hmm. My mother bought me all the cleats. Mm -hmm. She bought me all of the cleats. She paid for me to play football, baseball, basketball, track, karate. You understand? Mm -hmm. She was at every practice, every game. 
So I could not do things that would make her unhappy or mm -hmm. unproud. So I didn't do roids because that was cheating mm -hmm. for me. No disrespect. And I couldn't brag if I if I if I if you turned your head and I moved a checker on the board and I won the game, I couldn't talk head yeah. because I cheated. So yeah. for me, I, I always wanted to be natural. I didn't even take vitamins regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, I did when I had them, but if I ran out, I ran out. But yeah. everything that I ever did was natural. And that's the truth. Even now, I'm going to take off my shirt before it's all said and done. It's not chiseled like it used to be, but I'm 60 years old and I can still bench press 400 pounds. See, that's we should have put some, some weights in here today. So I did not like that they put out the steroid part because there was a producer that was there when you were there that I wasn't that said he went in the locker room okay, and saw well, syringes okay. laying around. And you heard you heard me. I mean, it was like, first of all, we confronted him and he goes, well, that's that's what I remember. Well, no, I don't you're, believe you're that ever happened in nobody. any athletic locker room. No, and that's what I said. First of all, you don't if if if. You don't bring your steroids to work. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, know what, what I mean? Man. You do them in your own privacy, your own home. And who's to say that possibly the needles, if he found anything, weren't diabetic needles? Was there somebody on the team I that was I don't believe it do ever happened. Saying? Ain't no I man walked in no locker room and saw syringes everywhere. No, and no. the reason when I was the gladiator and they said we were going to do drug testing, remember now, River Phoenix had died. Yeah. And Chris Farley had died. Mm -hmm. And and they said, okay, Hollywood is getting bad. So they tested us for heroin, steroids, and cocaine. Yeah. And only thing I ever did was <laughs> smoke weed. So I literally We're hit fine. the joint outside and then came in <laughs> and peed in the cup and then went back to my herb. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing I ever did. Oh, man. I, I wish, I wish, and I'll say this on air because I have no problem with it. I actually smoke now, but Hallelujah. at nighttime, All right. to go to bed and to chill right. and relax. I wish that I had smoked back in the day with you. All right. We, I, I would have probably just sat there and <laughs> laughed my, my butt off the entire time, though. But I think back on those times ago, oh, my God, we would have had a blast together. Absolutely. Now, because, you know, a lot of the gladiators thought I was a nerd because, you know, what kind of gangster nerd is this? He don't drink. You know, but I did blaze herb, you know, so <laughs> I would be by myself and blaze herb because I didn't know Nobody too much did. about anything. You feel me? I didn't know. I Nobody else did. I could have blazed on the bus, though. You could have. I could have blazed <laughs> on the bus. But, but I didn't know. And Viper took me under his wing and he would come in the back with me. And I was having problems sleeping, you know, oh, okay, yeah. because, you know, being so filled with up. adrenaline. Yeah, you, and you can't come sleep into, after the Yeah, show. you can't sleep. So uh -huh. he gave me something called melatonin. Oh, yeah. And I put it under my tongue. And I would, by the time it dissolved, I would be asleep. And I dreamed about my mother. Uh -huh. And he had a, a, a cassette tape, Enigma, oh, 1992 yeah. AD. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That was mind blowing. That was mind blowing. So that was my, that was my go to sex tape, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get whenever down, get whenever down. The, the, okay, so this is like, you know, I was going to woo him in and everything, yeah. I'd turn on that tape. <laughs> that is so funny. Hey, no, that works. It did. Hey, Rhonda, I'm a, we need to download Enigma. Oh, yeah. So me and my wife are still married. That's amazing. Um, it'll That's be 40 so years this year. Wow. Now, now, now many, check this out. Let me, let me, let me tell you the story real quick. How many kids quick. you got? I have four kids. How many grandkids? Six grandkids, but my son, oldest son, and his wife, is they are expecting their fifth child, so that would be seven. Let me tell you the story real quick. The closest steroids ever came to me, I was at San Pedro High School, mm -hmm. and I was working out with maybe three... 350, 365, 
And this man said, you could be at 500 pounds in 30 days. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I can get you some steroids and 30 day supply, you'll be at 500 pounds. I said, okay, get him. He said, okay, I need $30. I'm like, $30? Man, I ain't got no $30. $30, I can get gas and go to the movies with yeah. my wife, my girlfriend. So yeah. nah, I'm cool on that. So, so that was the closest yeah, that right was there. It. That was it. But I've never seen a steroid. I've seen a, I've held a kilo of cocaine. I've that seen I've Sherm. Seen. I've seen angel dust. Never seen any of those. When I was when I was in the ninth grade, going to the tenth grade. I've seen grade. many pounds of weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weed. I've been around weed for years. But look, I was in the ninth grade, going to the tenth grade, and I was with some older kids, and they had an angel dust joint. And they would pass an angel dust joint. And I had never done anything. Cigarettes, weed, nothing. I was, believe it or not, America, I was a, a goody two-shoes nerd with a very high aptitude. You know, I had tested mm -hmm. off the chart, genius level almost. Well, genius level, over 100. And uh, the guy hands me the angel dust joint. And so I said to myself, I can pinch it real hard. And maybe I can fake like yeah. I'm going to hit the angel dust joint just to fit in or whatever. Yeah. And when I... When he gave me the angel dust joint, my next door neighbor's name is Melvin Clark. And I pray for him every night. He's passed away now. But I say a prayer for him now. And he got in my face. And he said, you better put that shit down. If I ever see you with that shit again, I'll, I'll beat your MF. And Good. Oh, man. And so he saved me. Yeah. He saved me. Yeah. I could have hit that angel dust and never been the same again. No, you would not have. And never been the same again. Nope. So he saved me. So I got close to angel dust. My uncle woke me up one night. He came from Illinois and he woke me up. He was coming to stay with his sister, my mother, for a little while. Mm -hmm. And he woke me up in the middle of the night. He said, nephew. I said, what? what's up? What's up, uncle? He said, I'm rich. And he had a jar of Sherm. You know, you dip oh, no. the tip of it. Yeah. He said, I'm rich. <laughs> when I was in junior high school, one of the neighbors down the street, older guy, he came and he put some cocaine on the dresser. And he said, then he said, you want to do this? I'm like, Man, this is like in the movies, right? I'm like, nah, I'm cool. Man. Yeah. You know, I was a I was a pure athlete. I wanted to be the See, best. That's, that's that is so, so amazing. So I, I was exposed that. to other things. Yeah. I was never exposed to roids or, yeah. or any or any of the other stuff. I was exposed to stuff that take you away and you don't come back. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. What was your favorite part, whether it be the tour or the television show or the international show? Mm, that's a hard choice. The the international I really loved. I wish my family could have been there, but I really liked being an international star. Did you do the Polacks? That no, I did not. I didn't <laughs> did even practice either. it. I didn't even practice it. I didn't you know either. how we go and we practice <laughs> things, yeah. and I didn't even practice it. What about that pendulum thing? Didn't practice didn't it. Didn't do it? <laughs> <laughs> didn't practice it. But me and you had a little pool. We can say no to certain things after yes. a while. You know, yes. we, we could say no. Hey, let me tell you this story. I was with John Fashionow. You remember John Fashionow? He was yes. the presenter on the International Gladiators. And he took me out with him and his wife to mm -hmm. this club. And it's a big club where you got like you see in the movies where it's roped off and, and the regular people are in the line, but the yeah. celebrities go through the, the red carpet and he goes through and, hey, Fash, hey, hi. Everybody's saying hi to him. We sit at this table in the VIP section and I'm sitting down because, you know, I'm like, whoa, this is, this is something here. Yeah. And my wife and, and kids and I, like I would tell you, girl, if you leave your glass, don't come back and drink that glass. Absolutely you know what I mean? Not. So I yeah. gotta, I'm sitting here waiting to drink my drink, uh -huh. which is uh, the Shirley Temple. Okay. I like Shirley Temples. And uh, John Fashionow comes to the table. 
with a female and his wife is at the table. And he says, honey, this is Bridget. I want to make friends with her. And she said, okay, how you doing, Bridget? I'm like, that's the hardest thing I ever seen in my life. I oh, I go home and tell my wife that, honey, this is Bridget. She'd be like, and <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, so that was hard. Oh, that's so funny, I, I think I think the gladiators overseas was the funnest for me because it was overseas and it was big time. Yes. But I did like the way. I got respect in America because yes. I got some. I could go to any neighborhood, blood, crip. It didn't matter. I yeah. was on a different. Father Yahweh lifted me to a different level. Yeah. But I did like the international. That was something else. And I could. One night I'm walking the streets because you know we got per diem and stuff. Oh yeah. So I'm walking around with a couple thousand pounds in my hand. You know, this might have been for the movie. I don't know, but because I went to England so much. Right. But it's the middle of the night, maybe one or two o'clock in the morning. I'm I'm counting. 2,000 pounds, which is like 3,000 American dollars right. in the middle of the night walking, minding my own business. And I was not afraid because they didn't have guns. Right. So if you don't have a gun, you're not robbing me. You know, <laughs> right. what you going to pull a knife on me? Man, <laughs> I'll make you eat that knife. Get out of here. <laughs> so this police officer says, show me some identification. But he didn't have a gun. So I just kept walking. I said, show me some of your identification. <laughs> and I just kept walking. And he blew a whistle. <laughs> yeah. And when he blew the whistle, 30 seconds or so after that, police rode up with a car and they had guns, real guns, oh, like assault rifles. Right. What's the problem? I asked this chap for some identification. He didn't want to show him to me. He said, why didn't you want to show him his identification? I said, I'm a grown man, man. What are you telling him to show me his identification? I'm not bothering nobody. He has a lot of quid, a lot of money. Yeah. So he said, where you get all that money from? I said, hey, man, what kind of questions you asking me? You tell me you want me to pull over and show him my identification. Now you ask me where I got my money from? Leave me alone. But they noticed my accent. Yeah. And they said, you're not from here. Who's your you first? You from America? Who's your first I said, I said, yeah. And then he, he said, no, he said, where you from? I said, United States. And he said, Sabre. I said, no. yes, I am. Yes, that's the true story. <laughs> he said, Sabre. Yes, yes, yes. Now I'm going to tell you one more story. So this is years later. Okay. I'm traveling with, with the comedian, D.L. Hughley. We, we going to see the troops in Germany and all that other stuff. So now we're in London, coming through the airport. We're, not, we're still in customs, Lori. We're still in customs. Somebody runs up to me. Excuse me, are you Sabre? I said, yes, I am. You mind <laughs> if I have an autograph with you? Now, D.L. and I have been having these conversations back and forth. I'm more famous than you. No, you're not, man. You're famous in America. I'm famous all around the world. Yeah. You know? So he runs up, say, but can I get your autograph? Yes, you can. So then the guy goes up to D.L. Hugel and he says, excuse me, are you Wesley Snipes? Oh! <laughs> hey, that's a I true mean, story. Oh, I'm still rolling. laughing about you it right now. Rolling on the floor. Are you Wesley Snipes? <laughs> Uh, and Dio's a comedian. He's like, man, get the beep, 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 beep. Hey, ain't no beep, beep. Did you do? Did you do the Orlando show at all? Yes, I did. But look, I did it every other month. Yeah. And Peter had to pay me now ten grand for for the months that I was there. And when, yeah. when he gave me the, the like a couple grand to come to the premiere just to show up. Yeah. Because I wanted to see what it was, what it was about. And then after he gave me the money, Peter said, "Okay, now that's part of your first week's salary." I said, nah, man, yeah. that was just for me to show up. Yeah. I don't mean to be mean, but nah. Yeah. So that's what it was. And now, you know, you guys say that we didn't make money. Maybe you saying we didn't make 
what we should have made. Shouldn't made. But we, we made money. We made money, but we didn't make what we should have made. What I what everybody means by that today is we shouldn't be working today. Yeah, okay. After everything and all the blood, sweat, body aches, body breaks, everything, putting our bodies on the line. And for so many years, we should have not like, okay, here's a prime example. When we went to Orlando and then they, they shut the doors and I walked up and there was chains on the door, mm -hmm. no phone call, no email. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks for your service. Nothing. I had enough money in my bank account to pay probably three months of my mortgage. Now is it. So what we're talking about when we said we didn't make any money is we should have made enough money to where we could have a put some serious savings away for at least five years. You know what I mean? But we shouldn't have been. We shouldn't have had to go get like, let's say a nine to five job or really super scramble for jobs in the acting industry, like quickly, like now, you know, kind of situation. I was blessed after Gladiators ended, me, you and Zap, mm -hmm. we got our uniforms retired in Planet Hollywood. Yes. That was a beautiful thing. And now that they closed, I would like to get my uniform back. I wonder where they went. I don't know, but remember I remember like they said they were going to like um, rotate, rotate it from, them? from different ones. And when I was in Bangkok, when I went there. It was it was it was it was nothing like America. Oh. It was like I'm leaving. I'm gonna go home. Yeah. So, but after that, I go with a guy, Adam Jordan. Mm -hmm. He said, "You need to meet some people." I said, "Okay, let's go meet some people." So we go to this studio place in Santa Monica, and we take some headshots, some of my pictures there. Now this is a trip. Now you're mm -hmm. talking about five degrees of separation. He takes me to Santa Monica to meet some people. The producer's name was Ann, Ann D'Amato. He takes me to see Ann. And when I go back, when we get back to see Ann, Ann said, did you bring any pictures? I said, yeah, I gave them to your, your assistant. And she hits the phone. She says, Susan, can you bring the pictures that Red sent to me? And Susan hits back and said, oh, I thought they went to casting, so I sent them to casting. I'll, I'll resend them. Now, the Susan is Susan Levine, who is big time now Robert Downey Jr.'s wife, but she's a big time producer. Yeah. So that's Susan Levine. And she took my pictures to Fern Champion of Champion Casting back mm -hmm. in the back. So when she goes to get the pictures, Susan comes back and she says, they want to meet you. I'm like, okay, cool. So Ann says, go on back there. We'll be here when you get back. So mm -hmm. I go out there and I meet them and... They say, uh, can you fight? Can I fight? Ooh, psh, psh, psh. You know, okay, so read these sides. Mm -hmm. It was like maybe 10 pages of sides. Let me know when you're ready. Like about 20 minutes later, I said, I'm ready. Like, no, take your time. Yeah. This, is, this is something we really want to see. I said, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So I read the sides, and they, they were impressed. And they said, we want you to come back and meet the director. So... I'm like, all right, that's cool. So I go back downstairs with the producers and with and the model, and we're laughing and talking. And then the director comes in. He says, "We got a idea that for the last half of the movie, your character goes shirtless. So we'd like to see your body." I'm like, "Oh man, you know, I'm walking around. I'm not prepared for anything, but you give me 
a couple weeks and yeah. I did it right. Yeah. So I took my shirt off. They liked it. They said, can you fight? Yeah. So I get in front of the camera and I do a couple katas and tell them, explain to them what I'm doing, what my thinking is. And then the director said, oh, he's sitting close to me, Lori, mm-hmm. like, like this close. Yeah. And he said, I'm sorry, your freckles, uh, they're amazing. And I said, that's cool, man, as long as you don't want to sleep with me. And he starts <laughs> laughing. <laughs> so can you come back at 4 o'clock? I'm like, yeah. So I come back at 4 o'clock to meet the executive producer, read the sides, take my shirt off, fight on camera for him, explain what I'm doing and thinking. And that day, they said, we want you to be Jax in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, God, the next amazing. Mortal Kombat. That is so, so cool. I'm like, cool. Yeah. And look, the first thing they offered, they offered me a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be saying that out there, but it's okay. It's 30 years later. <laughs> yeah. They, they offered me a hundred grand. So I'm like, if the first offer is a hundred grand, mm-hmm. I'm going to clean up on this one right yeah. here, right? They never budged off of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they said it was my first movie, so that's it. That They're paying me more than any other first time actor. So, so do you think the guys had more opportunities? than the females did after the gladiators were over. I mean, you guys got to go into like, yeah, the fight scenes, more action style heroes. No, you know, you know what I, you know, you know what I think? I think, I think, I think Lori, and I told you this back then when we were doing stuff together, I really think that you could have created a vehicle for yourself if you could have came with something that would have caught their eye. Whatever it was, I know, I know they're choosers. I couldn't even get in the door. Oh, is that right? I think. Well, well, you know what I used to do also, though? I used to just show up at Samuel Goldwyn's door and just show up. And, and I called him Sam and, yeah. and Sam in and they'd be like, Red, I work. I said, I know, man, but I'm right. in the area. So I, he would be working and I'd be sitting in his chair looking at stuff and playing with his TV. So, and I used to say, Sam, put me in a movie, man. If you put me in a movie, if you invest $5 million, Sam, in me, mm-hmm. in this movie, You'll make your $5 million back, I guarantee you, but you will have a star that will be loyal to you forever. Mm. And he was like, Red, I got you on TV in 50 countries. What, what, what more can I do? I said, you can put me, you put me in, in a movies. movie if yeah. you do that. But what was happening that I didn't know, Samuel Goldwyn was being bought out by MGM. Yeah. So they really had put all of their business on hold. So, right. but, I, but Sam is gone, and I wish I could have went to his memorial, but I used to literally Amazon. bug him. Amazon bought them now. Oh, see, Amazon is buying up the, the world. The Amazon's buying the world. But at the time, it's like, yeah, we were we were too. Our the females were too muscular. Think about the females in Mortal Kombat. They were all just average-looking girls. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. When's the last time that you saw a muscular female just be an action star? I mean, they're they Angelina Jolie's her arms like this big. You know, it's like they're they're not realistic. The one that I do like is Jennifer Gardner. As far as when it comes to action, okay. even right. though she's small, mm-hmm. she has that side about her. Right. And I think that one side, she kind of has that little badass side, but yet she's <laughs> nice. You yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, at the time, they just weren't, there was nothing out there for women. Really, I tried to fight size. in the UFC. You did? Yeah. Um, we oh, drafted a letter to the brutal. UFC. And uh, I could have won the UFC. Yeah. You know, especially once what I got, MMA? once I got, that's what I'm talking about. Once is, it, I, is, is it the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And once, once I learned the jujitsu part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I was strong. I could run all day. I could take a punch. Adam Jordan actually drafted the letter to the UFC and they wrote back saying that they've been getting some inquiries from other athletes and that they were going to probably do an athletic type of show. But I wanted to be in the regular general. You, th- you think you're UFC. too old now to do it? Yeah, I'm too old. <laughs> I'll fight Nitro. Put that out there. Nitro, let's fight on, on, on pay-per-view. Me and you, we can fight Nitro. 
look, I won't even fight you. I'll just spar with you. You know, I'll go open hand and you could <laughs> use your fists. You know, you could donate to your charity and I could donate to mine. Hallelujah. He's playing pickleball now. I don't know if he's fighting. <laughs> so here's here's what the talks are. And I hope, I hope and pray that you are involved in this. But if I had it my way, every single person was, and I don't know where it's going to go or how it's going to happen, but they're talking of trying to do a reunion show. All of us together and what in we one do? room. To talk? It, yeah, it's kind of like a question and answer and the, the energy. Wait, remember the energy that we used to have at photo shoots and stuff like that when we'd all get together? How much fun we had and we'd be laughing and joking and, I mean, everything across the board. So a reunion show, I mean, I have a vision in my head you know, of how it would everything, go. Everything that Dan gets, Nitro, if he's a producer, mm -hmm. I have to be a producer. He will never get anything over me in nothing that I do. So you put that into whatever pipe y'all be smoking when you get ready to do these reunion shows. If Dan is an executive producer, I have to be an executive producer. Okay. I'm favorite nations and one nickel or one dime over him every time because of him. Because of what he did to you in Because of him. Yeah. Because of him. Okay. Do you know that when the documentary parts came, he sent me $100 saying, sorry about what I did back in 1992? Yeah. You, you, where was, you're like, no, where's the 500? It doesn't matter. Yeah, yes, I, know, I don't I care if he it's sent me 5,000. Yeah. It was not, even this, that to me, even that was done just so he could get his way. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. So, and I love you, Lori. You know, oh, oh man, I keep... Pulling up this phone. I don't want you thinking I'm rude. Oh, no, I'm not. I pulled something up, Lori, and this is from ratinggraph.com. 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 Yes, yeah, ratinggraph. Okay. Ratinggraph.com. Okay. And these are the seasons of the American Gladiators. What season was the highest rated season in the history of the American Gladiators? Well, it's season four. Season four. 7. And that's 5. when you came back, and that's when you and I were there. And from that moment yeah. on, we started doing personal appearances together. So to yep. put some type of thing saying that the show went down after certain people left, that's not yeah. the truth. The highest rated show in the history of the American Gladiators was season four. What year did I leave? You left in season three, my first okay. year, and you came back in season four. Right. And season me and you four. went on personal appearance after personal appearance after personal appearance after that. Season four, 7.5, and then it started dropping after that. And it went to But even then, it was 7. still good. Look at that. I, I, the ratings were not bad. No, they and weren't. see, that's why I don't understand they quit the show. I don't, nobody understands why but, they but, quit but the show. But when you, in hindsight, when you see that MGM and Samuel Goldwyn were going back and forth, they suspended all of Samuel Goldwyn's productions, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Let me ask you, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I know it's your show. All day long. So, so you guys were mad at Johnny Ferraro like he was the reason we didn't get paid, and it wasn't. No, 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 no. Do you hold up before that? But you, did you do agree that he's not the reason we didn't get paid? Oh, no, Samuel he had Goldwyn nothing to do him. with it. Yeah, okay, right. He didn't have anything to Johnny do with us not getting paid. Johnny had absolutely nothing to do with merchandising, what we got paid. Johnny, at that point in time, was just the head man kind of name he right, just right, owned right. american gladiator right, name right. no we know that totally okay. know that all right all right the reason i had a beef with johnny is because he told me that he didn't want my girlfriends on set it wasn't his brand he didn't want he didn't he thought it gave the wrong image let's put it that way you know he wanted the all-american hot apple pie show 
and me being gay on the show was not the image he wanted. He pulled me aside on tour and told me that. Uh, you just gave me goosebumps because, you know, you say gay on a show like that, and you were just Lori. I was you, just you Lori. Yeah, you weren't. I know. You weren't, I didn't you know, care. It, it makes you me sad that. now, you know, that you were going through something. And I hope and pray that I helped you be feel normal. If that's if that's okay thing my, to say, one hundred percent. You understand what I'm saying? You guys were we my used to family. double date. You know what I mean? Yeah. We used to we we used to have you fun. You guys didn't care, and, right? It that's was, what it I was, love. It was just it was but just production cared, and mm. that's what I didn't like. Production and, well, look, and the head, we could have acted head. like we was having an affair to make it cool. <laughs> <I> know. You, know? <laughs> you know, we could have acted like because we got along good, didn't we? We had we did so we did get along fun. good. So it wasn't that with Johnny. He told me that, and then and I also know that like there are certain certain situations to where it's like yes, throughout after Gladiators, anything that I remotely tried to do. Everybody wanted to know where you were from. You know, can you can you say that you're from the American Gladiators? Can you? I was always like, I can't wear my uniform. Cannot. That's a no-no. You know what I learned, loophole though. This is a loophole. Okay. If you would have communicated me, hi, I'm Lynn Red Williams, Saber from the American Gladiators. I can say that. Yes. I can say I was Saber from American Gladiators. Or you can or say former I, American Gladiator. I, I played Saber on American Gladiators. You know, but he used to give Dan like favor. Nitro, he had the Dan gladiator had to run. Pay him. Yeah. Dan had to pay him. I didn't mind paying Johnny. I just didn't want to pay him fifty percent of my profits. Is that what it was? Fifty percent. It was like forty to fifty percent. This little net, I'm gonna kill it. Kill it. If I can catch it. So that's where it's kind of like you know, it was just hindsight. It is what it is. So I don't even want to go there. It's it is what it is. All right. Johnny. But I did want to show you this. Do you remember this? Okay, and April. I wish I still had mine. Okay. I kept it for years. Yes, I did. This that's, that's is the an gladiator all access tour. American mm. Gladiator tour. But check this out. Look at the bottom of that. That's probably What's worth some say? money right now. Look at that. Since when did we your put our social, social security <laughs> number on? That? <laughs> Let me see your picture. Hey, that is so funny. April goes, and like, I did have it on mine too. They, what? It's like April goes, "Why did they need your social security number?" I go, "I don't know. Yeah. Nobody even thought about that's it." That's probably back worth then. some money. You know, you got to take the Social Security off of there, but, but that's probably worth some money. <laughs> I know, I know. Anything? What else? I could literally sit here and talk to you. Hey, for now two I and thought three that, hours, um, that, that all the rest of the gladiators that didn't do ours would do yours, like Jazz. What happened to Jazz? Didn't want anything to do with with it at all. Okay. I talked to her the first time. She told me flat out. Now this is interesting. She told me she goes, anything Johnny has to do with, I will not touch. He mm. owes me mm. like a month worth of uh, mm. uh, Orlando Live. Never paid her. Well, now, was Johnny the person that was supposed to pay us? In Johnny, Orlando? well, they were Peter together. They were, partners. they were partners, okay. Peter and Johnny. You know, so Jazz was just if I, like. If I, if I won the lottery, I would go and give Peter Blaustein some money. He was Peter. a very nice guy. I know, he was so sweet. He was a very nice guy. I liked him. But yeah, Jazz didn't want anything to do with the whole thing. Nothing at all. I saw Selena. Yeah. I saw her, Electra. Electra, awesome. she was beautiful. She was, she was a beautiful spirit, wasn't she? Yep. Yeah. And uh, and was good at every event. Every every event. Well, she was like uh, crazy. Yeah. I interviewed yesterday Kathy Sasson, by the way, and she talked about Billy and she talked about Siren, which was great because she had their stories. Where's Siren's ex dude at? John, don't know. Johnny Romano, right? Yep, John Morano. John, yeah, was it John, Johnny John or Romano. John? John Romano. Get it. 
I'm a boy, John, John Romano. I don't know where he's at. Now, 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 rumor has it he wasn't the nicest person to nope. her, right? No. Mm -mm. So maybe that's why I haven't seen him. She Probably. was a, she was a light. I know she was. She a beautiful, was. She was a beautiful lady. Wait until you Lee listen. Lee Rimmer yeah. was a beautiful guy. I know. He's and gone. And see, this is what we were upset about. All gladiators were upset about this. Neither, neither documentary talked about the fallen gladiators at all, and they should have. They at least should have just said something at the end. You know how they say, "In memory of." Neither one of them did that. It was just so disrespectful. I would be, I would be upset in my grave if I knew they didn't like at least say something. Lee was, Lee was pretty good, wasn't he? Yes, Lee Hawk Lee. was awesome. Yes, he used he was. to undercut the shit out of us on personal appearances. <laughs> remember, we'd get yeah. so mad at him. We'd be like, "Dude, you're doing the personal appearance for five hundred dollars. We charge three thousand. He's like, "Well, I'll just get more." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get six of them, and that's the three thousand right there. Exactly. You should be able to do it for free. Hey, yeah. man, get out of here before I beat you up, Lee. Right? Get out of here. Oh, Red, you know, calm down. He was a very funny dude. He was a very funny dude. So I know that we're on a time here, but... Already? I know. See how fast that went? Give me give me five minutes of of After Gladiators and how you found religion. I know right, that's I didn't find religion. Hour. It was spirituality. And I was a guy who had a lot of guilt. You know, you do things in your life where you know it ain't cool. And I would be on these airplanes because I traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. I'll show you my American Airlines Platinum. I'm Platinum for life. That's how many miles I did, you know, wow. millions of miles. And every time the plane would bump, I'd be scared <laughs> because I didn't want to die dirty. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I was searching for truth because I had kids and I love my kids. You remember, I used to bring my kids with me oh, yeah. all the time. I, 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 I am one. You know, people say Kobe was a girl dad. Now, nah, I was a girl dad before that. My boys and my girls. I was I was a real dad. I took it serious since my dad didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I took it serious mm -hmm. and I wanted to find some type of truth to hand my children so that before I die, I can say this is how far I've gotten. And you take it from there. And then I got some truths. Then I started praying in a certain position. And I started getting these, these prayer messages. I mean, real prayer messages. You'll think I'm crazy if I told you them. We'll do it head up, but not her on TV. But I've been outside of the, the universe where it was nothing. And I had to come into the stars and come into the solar system and come into the atmosphere down through the buildings and shown something on the ground that was super small. I'm trying to look for a speck on the ground. And, he, and the voice said, the truth is microscopic. I'm like, whoa. So I, I started getting these prayer messages and they let me know that I was in the realm of truth. One more thing. I found the name Yahweh, all right? That's the name given to Moses in Exodus chapter three, verse 15. He said, this is my name forever, my memorial to all generations. So there was this Christian preacher that used to be my daughter's basketball coach in elementary school. And he was one of them prophesying preachers, talk like this. God got a lot of work for you to do, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, man, if God know how I'm living, I don't know about that. You just talking, you know. So, I mean, I, I carried a gun. I literally, even when I was with the gladiators, with you guys, I, I had a pistol all the time. Just because you never know you're going to run across some people that I didn't slapped in the mouth growing up. Mm -hmm. And I found the name Yahweh, right? So I tell my daughter, I said, baby girl, I need Reverend Bauer's phone number. 
And she said, Daddy, I ain't talked to him in years. I don't have his phone number. I said, well, find the number. Mm -hmm. Because if you wanted to talk to one of his sons or his daughter, you'd find the number. So find the number. She said, okay. So the next day, he calls me. And I said, Reverend Biles, I'm so glad that Lauren found your phone number. I needed to talk to you. And he said, Lauren didn't call me. He said, the creator put you in my spirit for me to call you. And I said, well, I just want to let you know that the creator's name is Yahweh. And it's not Jesus, it's Yeshua. He said, praise him, so do I. Except for now, he said, except for your Yeshua is my Yahshua. I said, what? So I started learning and studying with him. He had went to school and got his PhD in theology. Mm. So he learned these truths. And I learned the same truths without going to theology school. Mm -hmm. And I started studying under him. And he's the one that gave me the title Shaliach. He's the one that gave me the title Rabia. But the more I studied, the more the spirit just started growing up inside of me. Mm. The more I grew, you know, there's a scripture that says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And it's just talk, but that's what it is. If we could do it ourselves, then the Messiah wouldn't have had to give his life for us. And so that spirit, he says, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart and all your soul. So I guess I fulfilled those requirements mm -hmm. and he revealed himself to me. And I can't not say it. I can't unsee it. I can't unhear it. And so that's what it is. I'm not a nerd. I'm still me. I can still fight. I can still have opinions, except for now I don't curse anymore. Mm -hmm. Now I try to find a, a righteous way out of it mm -hmm. as opposed to F you, F you back. Now if somebody say F you, it'd be like F you. Hallelujah, man. <laughs> you know, so, so what right. you saying? I'm saying, you know, whatever, you know, there are some scriptures that I can defend myself. Mm -hmm. Psalm 144.1 said he prepares my hands for war. So you talk that talk if you want to, man, but I got a right to defend myself. That's... And I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm you pretty are. good at it. I'm pretty good at it. Man, that just, yeah, that's that hour just went by so fast. I There's so many. We've never really sat and talked like this, though. No, no, we didn't. It was just like, you know. Well, we have. Well, maybe not, huh? Because mm. we had fun. Oh, we had a blast. We had fun. I mean, one of my funnest trips was you was Minnesota because it was just me and you in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I remember being in the room with you. You laying on the bed, and I'm laying on the bed, and mm -hmm. we just talking about whatever. Yeah. You feel me? Nothing dirty, nothing grimy. Yeah, nothing. Your lady didn't care. My lady didn't care. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It was, it, was, it was pure. Those are the moments that I remember as well. It was pure. Yeah. It was pure. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. It took a while when I said, will you do my podcast? No. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it didn't go like that, America. Look, all right. So now, when you when you did that, you know, mm -hmm. we had did the pot, the um, mm -hmm. the, the documentaries, right? And, and and they told me to be careful because some of the stuff used in the podcast could be I know, I know, tweaked, and I, I didn't know. want to get in trouble. Plus, I didn't want to do anything for Nitro without getting paid for it. Right, exactly. Well, this has nothing to do with Nitro. <laughs> Hallelujah. I thought that I was going to come in here and he was going to be sitting here, and you said I'm going to interview you guys together. Oh my God, that'd be a show. No, he has not done my podcast. All right. Don't know why. Oh, oh, oh. And that was another thing. I watched your, your documentary. And then they said, the show just went down after that. Didn't you show me losing in the conquer? Oh, I didn't. I do. won, I didn't, I won don't 50 shows. <laughs> oh, man. Don't give me that one. <laughs> I know. You was a producer on the show. No, I was not. I was a co-producer. You was and a you know producer. What, and you know what that means? Nothing. 
funny. Let me tell you something like, I was mad about on that documentary. What? All that footage of the tour was mine. Mm. And if I would have known when, you know, hey, what do you got? Do you have photos? Do you have videos? What do you got? You know, give us what you want in the documentary. And I, I called the, I called the producer the next morning after I watched the entire documentary and I was pissed. I said, if I'd have known that you were going to use all of episode four of my footage, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I said, I would have lawyered up and said, you can only use two to three minutes of my footage or you're paying me because I know how much you guys paid for all that footage from MGM, hundreds and thousands of yes. dollars. And you're going to pay me nothing for my footage. And you know what? The director came back to me and I love Tony, the director. He was so sweet. He goes, Lori, I'm going to be very honest with you. He goes, your footage saved our ass in episode four because MGM pulled some footage, like 30 so, minutes of so footage. So now, so now this is your brother talking to you, your okay. older brother talking to you. So you ain't learned nothing. You're still doing favors and stuff on the arm. I know. You know, I didn't know. But, do, but you, as a producer, you get a point or something, right? No, nothing. They don't give anything on the back end of documentaries. What about now, for the executive front, producers? Nothing on the back end. It's all up front on documentaries. All up front. That's too bad. I know. So I was a little upset about that. You but should here, be. I, I, you I, were trying to be nice and I, fair. I didn't know. And they know. took advantage again. Again, they took advantage. Meaning, and I did meaning, say meaning, that to meaning him. Meaning the machine. And I did say that to him. I did say that in the text. I said... This is exactly this. I go, I should be happy at this moment that the documentary's out. But you know what? I got a sour taste in my mouth just like before. Would you do a reality show? Yeah, of course I would. You would? Oh, hell yeah. Why not? Okay, maybe I'll call some people. Let's do it. see what they could do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm done. I ain't bored. No telling what to come out the woodwork. Oh, I don't want no parts fun. of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a guest on yours, all right? Oh, my God. I'll be God. a guest on yours. All right, everyone. We have Saber in the house, and I got to say goodbye. Much. Thank you Thank so you very much. much. I Absolutely it. loved every second of it. I did too. And please don't stay away too long. I have to like get you in my podcast studio to have a conversation. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, Can we do dinner? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I got to say that for the last couple of years, the pandemic kept us apart. I know. You know what I mean? Kept everybody apart. Yeah. So, so that, that's what happened. And my daughter, my my. My youngest granddaughter was born premature. She was mm. 161 days in the NICU. So oh. my daughter said, if I go around people, then I can't come I around them. Of course, so, that was the whole thing. But yeah, me and you, we should be back on again. My wife wanted me to tell you that. Rhonda said, tell her that we got a double date again. Let's do it. So what do you want to do? Because we too old to do dinner and a movie. So it's got to be dinner <laughs> or a movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll me and Rhonda tried that. to go to a movie at 10 o'clock. Man, we <laughs> didn't understand didn't that, that was going I on. Know. All right, America, this is, I got to say, we got to say goodbye. All right, goodbye. Goodbye, world. <laughs> goodbye, world. So you just keep now. limiting yourself to America. Goodbye, world. Thank you so much for listening to Chillin' With hey, You Ice. know, you could also went to England and, and did something there. I'm I sure know. you could have. We'll talk more. Yeah. Say goodbye. I keep wanting to talk, huh? I know. Say goodbye. I told you hour wasn't enough. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. I love Until you. Until next time, thanks for, thanks for listening and watching the Chillin' With Eyes. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to Chillin' with Ice. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and share wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember to follow us on Patreon and YouTube at Chillin' with Ice. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at lori.ice.fetrick. I look forward to chilling with you next time here on Chillin' with Ice.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.